0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, ahoy!
1: Ahoy! ahoy. ahoy. I, don't, I can't see it. Martin, where are right?
2: you? Ahoy! ahoy. Oh! 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 Backed. We're standing back, back to back. back. They faced oh. each other, oh. drew their swords, and <laughs> oh. shot each other. Yes. Well, we, we won't do that. We'll just we'll just chat about the guys. Well, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Hello. We'll just say hello and chat yes. about about culture. Martin, I'm going to cut straight to the chase. Yes. Have you harvested the monge too? This is uh, the only oh, thing God. that anyone tuning into this podcast oh. wants to know at this point. Here's the thing. Um, where do I begin with this it's a story? No, isn't it? It's a um, no. I can sense a no.
1: Yarek! Yarek arrived and Yarek has brought his, his younger brother uh, and his younger brother's name, and I absolutely... I'm not joking, his younger brother's name is... <coughs>
2: but that's not the same surname as Yarek, is it? Because Yarek's just...
1: <coughs> well, Yarek's... <coughs> ah, right, so it's slightly more uh, throaty. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they arrived, it was, all, it was very jolly. It's very jolly. I do. I do. I'm very fond of them, and we, you know, we, we picked them up from uh, from Bristol Airport in a, in a in a series of minibuses. So they arrived. I showed them to their to their quarters. Yet he does still keep talking about the uh, the promise. The promise. You remember yes. that. Well, it's slightly awkward. This, but he suddenly produced a large, a sort of bag for life type thing. You know, and handed it over. The promise. Your promise. It was full of.
2: I don't know, for want of a better word, sort of Bucharest top-shelf magazines. I mean, I see what they have on the middle shelves. Goodness knows what they must only have on the oh, top, top shelves. Oh, I haven't dared. Look, I mean, actually, Daisy took them off me. She thought they were
1: hilarious. She's hoping to make some sort of, like, a Victorian screen collage out of some of the choice of pieces, I think.
2: Yeah. Yes, a yeah, so
1: lacquered screen. You know. So that'll be that'll be interesting. So uh, anyway, I mean, you know, they, they'd been there. They settled into their quarters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they, they'd been with us not 24 hours before Yarek's little brother <clears throat> um, suddenly comes down with flu-like symptoms. Oh, no. And then, you know, ne- next thing I know, 16 of them have come down. And now the whole lot are uh, they all in they're all in bed with with covid i mean the, the symptoms at this stage are only very mild i mean i think they've just barely lost yes. smell and taste but you know, I, i'm not sure yarick had much taste anyway to be honest
2: martin this is this is tragic i mean meanwhile the mange too is sitting there in the in the fields unplucked
1: well, no, because The land girls, my lovely land, my lovely land girls, have come absolutely stomping into my rescue. Oh, that's marvellous, Martin. So, so a bumper crop, a bumper crop, or. Yes, I mean, we've got to try and pick as hard as we can, and I'm hoping that maybe... <clears throat> was looking a little bit better this morning, so I'm hoping that maybe... I don't want to push him too hard, but if we can get them back on their feet, it'd be lovely to have them involved. Maybe even if it's just for the last little bit of time, we've probably got another, we've probably got another six, six or seven days of harvesting, I think, probably.
2: Well, Martin, I, I don't want to I th- to rain on your parade, but um, the, the after-effects yes. of Covid... Um, the after-effects of Covid can be they can be quite challenging because as you know I've been nursing catamaran at home I'm on a I'm coming towards oh, the end now so of a 14 day quarantine i um, having just got back from Algeria yes. um anyway yes. a, as you know I mean we went right to the brink with catamaran earlier on in the week and she started yes. to, started to turn oh, okay. a turn a corner and uh, she rallied but the post viral Martin, it's the post-viral. That's what you've oh, got to watch out yeah, for. Yes. It's just a bit, it's a bit Isn't like... Isn't it, yes. It's, she's just absolutely exhausted. She can't... Cats don't really have... I don't... You know, in your cat's paw, it's got little fingers. I do. Sli- yes. Slightly little, yes. like little... Well, yes. You know, she can't even... Like three little pads. Like three little pads. She just can't even... yeah He's just one little pad twitching. That's the only movement. She's just lying there. Her eyes... You know, her eyes are rolled up in her head. Um, Just that one little uh, pad twitching.
1: It's like my left foot. It is, yes.
2: I think she might be communicating
1: to me with it. Maybe Um, she is. Gosh, you need a a sort of Brenda... What was the actress? Not Brenda Blethyn. It was Brenda...
2: Oh, uh, Brenda Fricker. Brenda Fricker. That's who it was, yeah. I need a Brenda just to help me. Just to help me decode. Anyway... You need a Brenda. I'm going to keep an eye on that. Anyway, it was lucky as it happened because um, I'm having to survive on the Tesco uh, delivery and uh, when it arrived, there was yes. none of the things that I asked for. There was no pasta, no bread. There was no nothing. Literally nothing that I would asked oh, for. Oh dear! What? Um, but there were ten tins of cat food because that was the only thing that was in the shop. So, so, so quite luckily, I've, I've, I mean, I've had little choice, Martin. Because I've, you know, I, I've just had to have the odd little nibble. of... Cat, that's all I've had to keep me to sustain me for the last couple of days till I can get my next delivery. But as I say, it was lucky I mean, because Catamaran's well, just sort of lost her appetite. Do you know?
1: I've I've eaten pates in the past that I've thought were probably inferior to the uh, the Felix I've
2: doled out to cats in the past. I, I couldn't do agree you know. more. It's probably I mean, if you step also, up to Whiskers, I mean, you're, really, totally you're, delicious. You're, you're you're absolutely laughing. Oh. It's of visiting the delicatessen at Waitrose, it's fantastic. And it comes in it comes in a lovely jelly. It does. I mean, one of these days you'll be, you'll be busy
1: forking it out of the tin and then oh, suddenly there'll be a big horse's eyeball staring up at you from oh, halfway down the,
2: the cylinder of meat. Two thumbs up, i say. Or if I, if I were a cat, it'd be just one emotile pad and one little slightly quivering pad. So if you were a catamaran, it would just be a little, a little twitch.
1: Oh, and then you'd have to get a language specialist, and they'd ru- they they'd wire her yeah. up to some fantastic and frightfully sophisticated machine about the size of a room that would then decode what it is and spell it out in English, and they'd see that her little twitch I said, "I hate humans." <laughs> just no, literally just meow. Oh you know, well, we, we kind of knew that. Yeah. We had that. <laughs> Meow. That would be oh, is that
2: was that all it was. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, what's happening on your on your what's what's occurring on the cultural, on cultural radar? radar. What's, well, uh, what's looming? Well, I think one of
1: the things that I, I we might perhaps talk about briefly uh, is public art and opportunistic public art moreover because of course this is the week where we saw the the statue of of Colston that was pulled down from its plinth in, uh, in Bristol and rolled into the harbour um, replaced overnight by millionaire London art
2: collective Mark Quinn Yes, yes. I, have we discussed this before? I, one of the things I couldn't help noticing about the about when they threw the statue of Colston into the canal was there what, weren't an awful lot of yes. black people actually involved in the protest seemed to be largely oh. young white men who who threw the statue of Constance into the canal oh really um, i'm not i'm not sure at which point during the proceedings jen reed uh for to she who has been yes. sculpted i'm not sure at which point in the in the proceedings she climbed oh, yes, up onto the you know the, the the plinth and um, made this salute, but presumably it wasn't long afterwards. Presumably it wasn't like a couple of weeks or something. Oh, I something think like she that. had to fight through a sea of of, of righteous white people. Yeah, think. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, protesting. she made it up onto the plinth, you know. Uh, and now we've got the situation where a sort of very rich white male <laughs> artist has has, yeah, has, has made a, a statue of her to go on the plinth. Uh, one would imagine to, to gain publicity for Black Lives Matter, but also, you know, just to, sh- to, to shift a few. It's the bloodhead. That's what he was famous for, wasn't it? Was it Mark Quinn? That's the right, bloodhead. the bloodhead, yes, yeah, that's right. And it was his own blood. Oh, was that, that was him, yes. It made it was frozen blood, uh, his wasn't it, I think? Blood. I think it was interesting. It's really getting quite difficult to unpack now, isn't it? The whole uh, Colston statue. I mean, you know, there was a very good piece. I remember reading that
1: uh, uh, Ben McIntyre wrote a very good piece on. Uh, he's very good, Ben McIntyre. He you knows think? an awful lot of things, um, doesn't he? He does. I, I like him. I like him very much. But he was saying that, you know, the removal of a statue is rather a blunt. Instrument, but actually also so is the installation of a statue. They're quite blunt things. We never none of us have any say over who stands on our plinths, and we don't particularly notice most of them. A lot of them are just old army generals. You know, people like Napier.
2: Uh, you get a lot of guys that I, I would sort of date from the nineteenth century, guys with horses. Uh guys dressed in sort of vaguely fancy yes. dress military outfits with Usually, quite rampant horses. I mean, rampant oh, yes. in the horses. You not know, really. I, I got mean, her. rampant in the sense they're up on yes, the feet. exactly. Not not rampant in the. I have a not rampant in the other, slightly more vulgar sense. No, no. Um, I think if you see this is in portraiture. If you see a portrait of
1: somebody on their horse, if the horse is up on two legs, yeah. oh. that means they died in battle. And if one if one hoof yeah. is up, then I think they were wounded. I think something Ooh, like that. that is interesting. It's, oh, it's quite interesting, it isn't it? It is not it yeah. I feel very conflicted about all of this because the whole issue of, of Colston and, the, and, and his ilk, it is a bit of a stain on our past. There's no two ways about it. But in many ways, part of what we were able to become was through the wealth and prosperity of the 18th and 19th centuries. And, you know, our, our enlightenment came as a result of that wealth. And I'm sorry to say our wealth came... Largely as a result of trade, for which, read, slavery yeah. or privateering or whatever. Or it came about through the Industrial Revolution, and that also mistreated a great many people as well. A lot of people were paid really very, very little. So we had this period of immense wealth and prosperity, and so much beauty of the Georgian period sort of grew out of that prosperity, and indeed so did our as I say, are an enlightenment, what allows us now to have these enlightened views. But, you know, our, our, our history as a species is not is not one that's full of very likeable traits, if you know what I mean. So
2: it's a very difficult thing because we are right to be ashamed of it, but we're wrong not to face up to it. I think, I think. what is especially tricky as well, and I think what's, you know, really been highlighted with this, uh, this Mark Quinn sculpture is that the actual issue, which is basically about inequality, isn't it? It's not, it's not really being addressed. I think that's what's... That's what's so tricky. I think we'd all rather talk about statues and whether we should pull them down or not than we would about boring things like teaching colonialism in schools. I mean, I think we'd all rather just yes. have a go at Mark Quinn or anyone else... <laughs> Who stands in our eye line
0: yes, uh, yes. in front
2: of a statue yes. rather than actually uh, deal with the drivers of the... uh, The original drivers of the Black Lives Matter movement in the first place. It's like one of those Isha drawings where you sort of... The further out you look, the more confused you get, you know. um. Well, I think that's right, yes. And so many things
1: become either emblematic of one side or another or shibboleth of one side or another. And before you know it, even sort of this ludicrous thing in the States now where whether or not you wear a mask is a political statement. I mean, this is...
2: This is just crackers' old shit, isn't it? I mean, it's just extraordinary. It's amazing what can be subsumed into the culture wars, isn't it? It's amazing what can suddenly become a totem for your point of view. I think rather the the way that in the UK at the moment it's become left-wing to think there's going to be a second wave and right-wing to think that there isn't going to be one. (laughs) I mean, how on earth... Yes, that's interesting How on earth well. the number of people catching coronavirus, oh. how that becomes bipartisan politics. Anyway, I mean, I, I wonder what's going to happen. Yes. The pressure's on now, I think, for the people of Bristol yes. to decide what is going to go on this path. Because so I have to say, I thought the statue of Jen Re- I've, aside, Leaving all these issues aside, the fact that, you know, Mark Quinn is a privileged white man and, you know, they were very... Seem to be quite a few yes. privileged white men tipping the statue into the canal in the first place. Leaving all that aside, and just assuming, oh, yes. As, yes. As, assuming for uh, assuming for a moment that that needed to happen, that was a good thing. Chucking that you know dreadful man into the canal. Now what are we going to do with this plinth? I thought the Jen Reed statue was 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 brilliant. I mean, irrespective of what publicity it might have brought Mark Quinn. I thought it was a very good statue and a great, a really fitting thing to go on that plinth. The pressure is on now, I think, to come up with anything that's going to have the impact that that statue did. I'll tell you what I feel sorry for, Craig. It's... What do you feel sorry for, Martin? Well, a surprise
1: piece of art that appeared overnight. Someone seems to have had his clothes stolen. Hmm, hmm, Mark Quinn's come in and he's taken Banksy's clothes. That's what I'm oh, thinking. Oh, you're feeling sorry Banksy. for Banksy. Here's now, of the... course,
2: Banksy also. Well, I'm
1: feeling is... Banksy's had his nose put out yes, of joint. Yeah, yeah. You see, don't you think? It is all a bit Banksy. I mean, isn't Br- it? Bristol's his manner. It is all a
2: bit it's Banksy. His patch. Do you think that's why Banksy made this artwork yes. this week? Because there was uh, there was a um, a similar piece of public. Well, if you don't mask, you don't get. In in some cases, I think Banksy's rather wonderful. But that's just unforgivable shit. I can't help noticing he's used that rat again. Um, it, it feels a little bit tired, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> the whole thing. It's just starting to feel a little bit... Uh, it's, uh, was oh, I the only the person thinking, oh, this, this isn't feeling quite so avant-garde anymore. You're right, Mark oh Quinn God, sort of got on the edge because there's, there's I mean, something what, very urgent and political about what he's doing, you know, about the statement that he's making. But yeah, uh, But sort of telling yes. everyone to wear a mask is never going to have the same impact, is it, as let's solve racism. It's not, no. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Banks is
1: now he's now become part of the establishment, hasn't he? You know, he's just putting he's putting some public service notices up. Put a, you know, put a mask on. He's saying, for goodness' sake. Yeah, and
2: can you imagine? For goodness' sake, put
1: on a mask. Can you imagine
2: the the? Is it? I never know whether it's furore or furori. Is it furor? Furori. Furori. Furore, because it's Italian. Thank you. F- yes. Furori. Imagine the Furore If. Um, there we are. If. Oh, so yes, I if, can. If I someone can. had wiped one of Banksy's work of art, works of art, even eighteen months ago, even in fact, even eight months yes. ago, even eight yes. months, I wonder if somehow, and this really is a, a zeitgeist. I think what's happened is the the confinement for all of us. You know this fact that we've been here. We yes. expect the world now to be new, and what we don't want is any art or anything from the pre-COVID. What do you think, Martin? Oh, oh,
1: that's fascinating, isn't it? Yes, we want this has been such a mark of punctuation that we want to see something new. maybe what direction would it be? I mean, you could not think of anything, but we're going to return to and it is rather a beautiful work that Mark Quinn made, but it it was so figurative, so yeah figurative it's almost like it was a sort of 3D print of um I
0: think of, that's probably um, exactly what it was. <laughs> I don't Jen think Reed. I don't think Mark well, Quinn spent uh,
2: you know any time in his studio with a palette knife squinting at Jen Reed. Uh, one second, Jen. Riot. I don't think but, I've got um, your left eye. Quite right. There's a couple more. No, just once. I thought you were Mark <laughs> Quinn there, from <laughs> oh dear. No, okay. I, I was sort of slightly doing right. Brian Sewell. I can't really help it when I do any artist. Slightly Brian Sewell. Oh, are they go.
1: There um,
2: mm. But anyway, uh, I can't imagine that Mark Quinn spent. And I can't imagine. I mean, any artist is a tit who spends their time skillfully making art you know you get someone else to do it or you use a mould or a stencil like Banksy oh, yeah, does yes. or, the
1: hardest bit of that was getting the thing up onto the plinth I should have thought that was yeah. the that was a bit that took a bit of imagination Proper, properly
2: difficult what I think Mark Quinn has done is he has moved the public art conversation along and he's moved it beyond Banksy I think you've absolutely got it right I think who would have guessed, you know, one of the, uh, one of the YBA establishments yes. is now, um, you know, overtaking Banksy, but that's how it feels, isn't it? And Banksy, meanwhile, is just putting public messages up, you know.
1: Soon it'll just be a picture of that rat saying, our staff have the right to go about their work without being abused. Or <laughs> the rat will be saying, welcome yeah. to the post office. Or there'll be, there'll be a picture of the rat saying, cashier number three, please. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's stamps.com. Code program.
2: Um, can I tell you what caught my tell eye me. Uh, this week? Yes. Martin? Do you ever find yourself on social media? I, I don't really know. Well, I do. I, I, I do a little bit. Yes. Tell me what. I do a little bit. But one of the things that makes me uncomfortable slightly yes. on social media is you'll be following sort of one of your friends. And they'll suddenly, um, you know, one minute they're posting something about their dog, yes. you know, next minute it's about their yes. child, you I know, mean, whatever. And then they say, and then they say, "Oh, just tried this new lipstick by, you know, whatever L'Oreal, really? and uh, it comes in these amazing shades." And you realise suddenly that even though they've only got maybe I don't know, two hundred followers, they're being paid. I suppose it's the, it's the age of the influencer.
1: That's a horrible thing, isn't it? The yes. influencer. Right. The influencer yeah. Yeah. has to hit, I believe the magic figure is 10,000. If you hit 10,000 followers, then suddenly you oh. are eligible in the eyes of certain, I guess, fairly sort of low-level disseminators of, uh, of whatever. You, are, you, you can be
2: paid uh, for, for putting messages up, I believe. I believe that's how it works. And then you're approached, I guess. Uh, maybe maybe you're trying to get your 10,000 followers so you I become approached. think that's right. approach. But what you're then told to do is basically sell out your that's mates. It. It's basically start flogging yes. them shit. And please start flogging them that's all it. shit. But there's this other area where people sort of seem to want to become influencers and they will be quite sort of ostentatious with a particular yes. product. I think in the hope of them being spotted a bit like, you know, Boys used to try and play better football in the seventies because they might be spotted by you know a major league yes, team yes. and and yes. Be, you know be asked to join their youth side. I mean, it's really now it's like the ambition, you know, the great bubbling ambition of everybody seems to be to be paid to advertise other people. Yes, shit, on social right? media, you're absolutely um, right. Yes. So that is my bafflement. When uh, on on Donald Trump's yes. Instagram yes. this week, there was a there's a picture of him holding, when I first took, to be tins of dog food. I bet that got your mouth watering, I should think. Oh, yeah. that's a brand I haven't <laughs> After tried. After the week I've had, yeah. I tell you, that would be a step up for me, dog food. But, uh, yeah, but sort of bafflingly, I think it's called Goya, <gasps> the uh, the brand that he was advertising. It's actually canned beans. That's it's, the Goya It's thing. various kind of things, but it's a... Oh! It's a Hispanic brand. But there's a picture of him in the White yes. House. the Oval Office. Um. It, uh, I think I think in the Oval really? Office, yeah, holding hands. Now, what on earth is going on here? I don't oh. know. I mean, he's already got twenty-one million followers. It's sort of beggars belief, doesn't it? Oh. Also, why does President Trump? He's got surely he's got so much money. Why does he need anybody to support his political campaign? How much do you have to give so that President Trump will hold up your tin of beans? Wow. <laughs> anyway. My confusion this week was conflating that story with another story that there's been of everybody's Twitter accounts being hacked. So to begin with, when I saw this thing, I thought, oh, it's, oh, President, oh, wow, he's he's really been hacked. Yeah, his boys, they've, they've even photoshopped Look, some, some guy. Go- I thought it was a spite, yes. because, you know, he was elected, wasn't he, with saying that um, Hispanics were rapists, that he was going to build a wall. I mean, we've all conveniently yes. forgotten this now.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure he has.
2: I mean, he has the memory... I'm not sure he has, um, but anyway, he's now obviously currying the Hispanic vote, or or what? Help me, Martin. Well, what what is I, going on? I feel like I'm in a in a social media vortex. Well, this is one
1: of the, I I don't as as you know I don't really follow social media. I'd seen a headline about the about Trump and Ivanka Trump, his daughter, um, involved with Goya, yeah. and I was thinking, what well, this is. This is unbelievable. I thought this, this is a turn. I thought I was thinking it was Francisco Goya, the you know the uh, 18th and 19th century Spanish <laughs> painter. You know the one. A lot of did a lot of stuff in the Peninsular yes. War. Yeah, I know. absolutely, um, yeah. a, a, all yeah, over yeah. the the Prado. Yeah. And um I was thinking this is absolutely marvelous. I'm I'm so thrilled finally that useless bucket of old shit is actually Getting involved with culture. But, no, you're right. The lines that have been crossed by this this crass man are, are legion. You know, I don't even know where we begin. The very idea of him having a mobile phone. Do you remember having a Twitter account? I mean, even that was considered something really quite revolutionary. Have you found
2: yourself longingly like I am watching YouTube videos of Barack Obama. Oh, no, no, Barack Obama recently. Just remind yourself of what it's like to have a a president with sort of authority and dignity and a sense of right and wrong. someone could read. And who, as you rightly say, who was the first president, I recall, to really use Twitter and social media for his election and then surrendered it all the moment he he reached office. Because that's the convention. But I, I just, I feel like... I sometimes feel like you know Donald Trump is—he's just gaslighting all of us. He's just getting us to the point where we've no idea what's we've no idea what a president is supposed well, to I, do. I'm or, very concerned or not about supposed to
1: do or about what that does in terms of polluting the office. You know what people who've grown up under Trump will perhaps yeah. think that this is a fitting way that this is somehow seemly it is essentially the job of grown-ups not to act on the sort of spikes of uh, of sort of infantile emotion that that the under that maybe the under under 14s do it's the job of being an adult that you generally try and calm things down you know you can't run around like a sort of one man episode of Eastenders desperately trying to sort of <laughs> sniff out drama and you know, open up every possible fissure so it can become a great crevice of future, of future cliffhangers. I mean, it's
2: just—it's—it's it's, not—it's not the way adults are meant to behave. It's just—it is just too—it is just too too horrendous. The direction that everything is. Is heading because I was I was convinced that this must be some cosy bear uh, disinformation or oh, cosy uh, picture that has been put up. I thought oh I, think I, I thought oh they're getting so clever now the Russians look, look they've even they've even doctored that picture so it looks like President Trump is holding up tins of yes. Mexican beans yes. in the Oval Office. <gasps> this is they are they are just leading the West by the nose. They yes. are calling oh, every shot. They have got in the us. show. No, no, oh, turns out. no, no! I was it's, wrong. No, he's doing it himself. He's leading us by his own nose. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> for some reason, probably unfathomable. I bet they've got a team on this. Um, you know, in, in the uh, you know, in the FBI, trying to figure out exactly what oh. the hell is going on as to why he's holding up these these tins of beans. I mean, there's got to be some sort of answer. I mean, I, as I say, the one I went for, just for the sake of sanity and having some sort of Yes. Toehold, um, to keep myself plunging down the precipice of disinformation was basically to think, yeah, well, the guy who owns Goya has given him some money for his presidential campaign, so he's, he's advertising Goya products. I mean, it just sounds it sounds crazy, what, even though, as I'm saying it, but it makes more sense than it anything It does else. make me feel that, uh, I mean, if, if
1: anyone had any conspiracy theories about an establishment plot behind the assassination of JFK... You you now know beyond any shadow of yeah. doubt that there is no
2: shadowy establishment that takes care. Yes, it's a wonderful statement as to the uh, yeah as to the openness well, of know, our democracy. Yes. If we can take one shred of reassurance from this whole thing, Donald Trump advertising tins of food in the White House shows us that we live Say in a well, democracy. We do. We absolutely do. <laughs> Did you see the Oscar Dominguez piece has uh, has resurfaced? The centerpiece, apparently, of the nineteen the centerpiece of the nineteen thirty eight surrealist exhibition in Paris. Um, very witty. Which featured such luminaries as um, uh, Dali, as Man, Man Ray, Ray, the photographer, yes. Yes. Uh, Salvador yes. Dali. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Organized by the poet Paul Eluard. Ah. Oh.
1: Very, very witty. There's a great sort of visual pun there, if you like, in the the horn of the gramophone, into which, out of which, I suppose, depending which way you look at it, out of which, rather like a, the, the feet of Dorothy, uh, they peep out these, yes. these little legs with their rather polite little court shoes on. Um, but what's so, what's so funny? is that there the horn? Also looks a bit like a sort of like a crinoline, doesn't it? A bit like a dress. Talk me through the, the hand oh, that's yes. stroking the... Yes, there's, a, the, there's an the, element, isn't The turntable. Yeah, element then. of autoeroticism there. The hand, not very deftly realised, I must say. I think the feet and the polite shoes are very good, but the hand, slightly square and splutty around the thumb. But, um,
2: yes, it's an interesting and um, rather provocative... Very uh, provocative. I mean, I can see why it, it um, garnered so much attention... At uh, the exhibition. The thing that slightly alarmed me yes. was, of course, this came to light because um, somebody basically asked the Picasso family, someone figured out that this artwork had been given to Picasso. Yes. They tried yes. to track it down. And uh, one of his relatives said, one of his re- <laughs> living relatives said, Oh, yes, you probably want the warehouse for that. You know, the warehouse yes. where we keep tons of Picasso yes. sculptures and paintings. I mean, yes, yes. Oh. Yeah. oh yeah, D or it, uh, is it is it J? I can't, I can't remember. remember, but yeah, uh, somewhere in there, yes, that's got all the surrealist things for the nineteen thirty-eight exhibition. I mean, what on earth is there in those warehouses that we don't know about that they I can mean, find can that, can can that in a box? And I don't
1: even know what the value on that would be, but I do think of all those wonderful works. And one thinks of Dalí's lobster telephone yes. and uh, and the that's latrine. About it. But um, wasn't that? Oh Duchamp's, yes, Mother uh, Duchamp latrine. Yes, yes, yes very yes. witty. Yeah. But actually, this. Well, some of those were just, yes. I mean, Dominguez deserves to have his name better known, I'd say, on the, on the back of that. It's a won- it's a wonderful work. I think I do like it. I think it's very, very clever.
2: Anyway, oh, oh yes. Oh, Martin, we, we seem to have no, breezed just, through my this, this week's... This week's chat. I feel, I feel like um, that flew by, didn't it? I have to say oh, it's it. very lovely to, um, to to catch up with you. Well, friend. look, I, I gather we've got a, a you know a corking week's weather ahead of us. So, so I hope the the picking Thank you. Continues this time next week it, at, uh, it
1: might all be done. And uh, who knows? Maybe maybe Yarrick and oh will be a little bit better. I hope they
2: will be. And perhaps I'll have something to eat other than cat food. Um, fair, fairly well, Martin. I'm just, I'm just. I'm just gonna okay, swim to okay. the boat this I'm time. I'm just I've gonna forgot to come in the I'm just day, gonna put so just some gonna... stones in my
1: pockets <gasps> and just put myself off the other side of the of the jetty. Off I go. <laughs> Time Ghost was written and created by Alexander Armstrong and Ben Miller. It was produced by Claire Broughton and Andy Goddard. This was a Hatchery Podcast.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.